You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. Your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LLB, the Lockdown Browns podcast, brought to you by the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Show itself at Lockdown Browns, followed by count. DMs are open, as everybody knows. We always appreciate everybody who makes Lockdown Browns their first listen, day in, day out, whatever podcast uh, platform you use. Locked on Browns, always available, always free. Make sure you're following or subscribe to the Locked on Browns podcast. Five-star ratings and written reviews. Yes, we are going to get into some things here today. Um, Apparently, there's been some you know muddling around on social media about whether or not the Browns would consider moving on from Kareem Hunt. We'll talk about that a little bit. I have some thoughts. Um, as far as, you know, fixing the wide receiver room, um, plenty of options in free agency, certainly plenty of options in the draft. Uh, I was talking the other night on the OBR show with Jake Burns and Stephen Thomas and some thoughts here about guys who are injured, maybe the Browns pursuing. We'll get into that. We're going to have Pete Smith in here to close it out. Uh, just going through the Browns official free agent list and highlighting some not so big names but players that should be of interest for the Browns retaining for the 2022 season. The Kareem Hunt thing. Uh, One year, $6 million left on Kareem's contract. Um, For me, this is something that probably isn't talked about enough as far as, you know, the team having the forgettable 2021 season they did. Kareem Hunt only played in eight games, missed nine due to various injuries. Uh, I think there was COVID in there, but I even think while there was COVID, he was, you know, he would have been injured anyway. But a lot of time missed for Kareem Hunt in the 2021 season. Not getting on him in any way whatsoever for that, you know, uh, his injuries, certainly with the legs, uh, certainly, you know, unable to play in that. But I think the the impact of Kareem Hunt missing as much time as he did is one of the Bigger storylines of the Browns' 2021 season that doesn't get discussed. Um, he was averaging nearly five yards a carry. Um, he was on pace for almost a 1,200-yard season combined. Had five touchdowns in the eight games he played. So you're looking that it would have been a double-digit you know, touchdown season for Kareem Hunt. There were times as this passing game slowly just got worse and worse um, and Baker, you know, was trying so hard on just getting rid of the ball quickly. Um, Kareem Hunt would have been a huge, huge asset in this. And I honestly feel if Kareem had been available for the Browns, you know, for the duration of the 2021 season, I think the Browns would have found a way to squeak in to, you know, the playoffs this year. Um, it just seems so bizarre to me that with all the talking points we have over the 2021 season, the fact that Kareem Hunt missed over half the season and the asset he's been since he's been here on the offensive side of the ball is is just, for me, weirdly, weirdly underlooked. It's weirdly, weirdly under-talking about. Um, as far as moving on from him, um, Kareem, for all his efforts, has been an absolutely model citizen in his time here with the Browns. Um, certainly has bought in, gotten his life on the right track, certainly more, um, you know, focused on, you know, continuing his journey 
within the NFL. Um, one of the more engaging players on the team, um, has a good time with everybody. Uh, very, very laid back. He might be the only guy in the Browns locker room that can actually get Nick Chubb to show even the little bit, even the littlest amount of, you know, fun, uh, getting Nick kind of out of the, uh, robot style that he is. Um, then there would be the other thing of, you know, if you do move on from Kareem Hunt, what's left? Um, Nick Chubb, obviously his prowess running the football second to none and a huge clear asset right now, probably the most important and best asset this Browns offense has going for them is Nick Chubb and his ability to run the football. He has improved as a receiver uh, over the years. He will never be the type of receiver Kareem Hunt is, and that is quite okay. So you need Kareem Hunt, obviously, for his receiving ability. What we saw from Demetric Felton in 2021, I would say there's some signs. There's some positivity there as far as you know him having a, a role in this offense going further. But did we see enough out of Demetric Felton in 2021 to say, you know what, it's okay, we're comfortable, we'll move on from Kareem Hunt at one year, $6 million. I'm not saying I wouldn't listen to offers for Kareem Hunt, but I think if anybody's coming in looking to get Kareem Hunt, it might be trying to steal Kareem Hunt as opposed to maybe paying fair market value, knowing that he only played eight games this season. So I'm not saying it's an automatic no for me in, you know, uh, I'm talking about Kareem Hunt, um, but there is the fact if I move on from him, I get a draft pick from him. That's one more draft pick that I am going to get, but it's already going to be to address a running back spot on this roster. Of course, this is the first year Nick Chubb is going to make real money. I understand that. We get it. And now this Browns running back room has a heavy amount of financial resources into it. I certainly understand that. Um, But replacing Kareem Hunt is not so easy. I am not sure Demetric Felton is ready to do it. Uh, This running back class isn't bad as far as the NFL draft. Um, But I I would love to just continue with the one-two punch at the running back position I have in Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Yes, I need to get this wide receiver uh, area of the passing game going. I need to get Baker Mayfield healthy and back on track like he was in 2020. Certainly all areas that I, you know, understand and and I agree that need to be done. But Kareem Hunt, and I'll say it just for the final time here, he was vastly not spoken about as far as the detriment that the Browns offense went through in 2021. Kareem missing nine games was paramount in that. There's no way around it. I still think this team probably had a better chance of sniffing the playoffs this season, if Kareem Hunt didn't miss the amount of time that he did. And it was unfortunate, you know, for Kareem again, you know, he's done everything that's asked of him as far as bettering himself as a player, bettering himself as a teammate, and most importantly, bettering himself as a person. So in, for me, in no way am I interested in moving Kareem Hunt. I, cause I, I do think it's going to be, you know, a, 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 an attempt at theft for somebody to try and get Kareem Hunt out of Cleveland here. Um, and one last thing on the Kareem Hunt thing, look, this team was void of playmakers in the 2021 season. There was no question around it. They were extremely void of playmakers. And the last thing I'm going to do is remove a playmaker from the offensive skill positions. So as far as Kareem Hunt and the possibility of the Browns moving on from Kareem Hunt, even though there's only one year left on the deal and understanding that Nick Chubb is about to make some real, real money 
That is not a move I am comfortable with making to this point. We're going to get some thoughts here as far as how to tackle the wide receiver position. And in this year, unlike others, you know, the wide receiver position, you know, a lot of nice promising rookies in the draft, a lot of promising free agents, but you have a lot of guys who are going through the rehab process right now. And we'll see if that's something that I think the Browns should tip their toes in. We'll get to Pete Smith after that. Talk about some free agents and one of the most polarizing prospects in the draft to this point in USC's Drake London. Football may be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. And once again, we appreciate everybody who makes Locked On Browns their first listen day in, day out. Make sure you guys uh, are leaving those five-star ratings and written reviews for me on whatever podcast app you use. And of course, Locked On Browns, always free. going to talk here a little bit about tacking the wide receiver position for the Browns, whether it's the draft or whether it's free agency, but you know, keeping you know a, a key element in mind here. Um, as there are some guys who would probably really, really look good in brown and orange, um, but unfortunately are injured and facing rehabs this offseason. Draft-wise, you know, of course, we're talking about Jamison Williams. For me, Jamison Williams was the guy, was the absolute slam dunk, perfect fit for Cleveland. Uh, unfortunately, you know, the knee injury sustained in the national championship game. Uh, I still think Jamison Williams is going to be a player that's going to go round one. I don't know necessarily the Browns are going to have much interest. Um, his teammate at Alabama, John Mechie, this applies to him as well, tore up his knee about a month before Jamison Williams did. Um, and then there is Drake London with the broken ankle. Everything sounds good, sounds positive. Um, we'll get to Drake London a little bit later uh, with Pete Smith. I'm not sure exactly where he's going to clarify in the uh, thought of, you know, the injury process is his injury, you know, not as severe, sustained earlier in the season. Probably not somebody who's going to be able to perform at the combine, but probably somebody who's not going to have any restrictions as far as, you know, team, you know, rookie camp OTAs when those do kick off, um, you know, in May for the Cleveland Browns. Um, the thing is, is even as much as you love Jameson Williams and you were told 100% he is going to bounce back, he's going to be fully healthy, he's going to be exactly the same player he was. Um, if he were to miss four games, five games to start the season, the Browns need to put Baker Mayfield and coach Kevin Stefanski in the best position to succeed. So that means player availability right now, especially at the wide receiver position is an absolute must as the potential of Jamison Williams is amazing. It's outstanding. Um, I will not get the thought out of my head of drafting Jamison Williams at 13 or if the Browns were to trade down until it doesn't happen. That's how appealing a player Jamison Williams is to me, not just the long game. It's the short game, the ability to take any route to the house. Everything about Jamison Williams to me is just, I I mean, it's there and it's there in spades for me. He is clear cut, in my opinion, the number one wide receiver in this class. Of course, you got to put an asterisk next to it 
with the knee. But with these players being injured, you have to understand that you've got to be ready to go. And you don't want to you know, come slow out the gate because if you come slow out of the gate in 2022 with you know all that's been going on as far as the talking heads in regards to Baker Mayfield and some even in regards to Coach Stefanski, you can't have this excuse of, oh, well, we're waiting for so-and-so. And now this is where it gets into the free agent cr- uh, crop as well. Chris Godwin from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It appears for all you know, intents and purposes, he is going to test the free agent market. There's a lot of talk about what's going on in Tampa, what way it's going to go in Tampa. Uh, are they going to let a lot of these guys go? Are they going to retain them, try to find a quarterback that they think they can still compete here um, in the NFC South? And I'll be honest, it doesn't have to be Tom Brady. Um, and again, until Tom Brady is officially retired, we're not believing Tom Brady is officially retired. Until we don't see him play is when we believe Tom Brady is officially retired. Um, do they, and there are some rumblings maybe about number six. There's being some interest for number six in Tampa. Not sure how legit that is. Not sure how real that is. Not even sure if that's something the Browns are looking to, uh, you know, even look into. Eh, certainly would make for a fun storyline as the Browns will face the Buccaneers in 2022. Michael Gallup from Dallas. He applies here. Although a little weird, Michael Gallup, uh, a little bit longer to finally get surgery on his knee. Um, normally, you know, within two weeks or so from an ACL. It's about the time you get your surgery. I think Gallup was closer to six weeks. Not sure necessarily if that's a huge issue. Um, but for intensive purposes to this point, it looks like, you know, the Dallas Cowboys, um, from what little has been out there, do have the intention of keeping Michael Gallup in the fold. Um, so the injured wide receivers, as far as, you know, you know, would these, you know, be, you know, still very appealing to the Browns? I think as much as you look at these players and you say, yes, these guys all have a ton, a ton of talent, but I'm not sure if the Browns are going to be in position in 2022 to essentially wait on anybody. You want to go into the situation knowing they're healthy. Look, injuries are going to happen as it is. Um, but if there is, you know, a scenario where, you know, for a player like Jamison Williams, that it's it's going to be a while before he can totally be integrated with into the offense, before he's going to be able to practice fully, that's a real, real concern um, with, you know, the fact that you want to get out you know, and have your best foot going forward in the 2022 season. You know the AFC North is still going to be competitive. You know the AFC in general is the more competitive conference. So it puts the Browns in a tough spot where there's some players who would look very appealing at the wide receiver position for them, whether it is free agency, whether it's the draft, and the fact that they won't be ready to go right away. Um, the Browns really have not drafted anybody with an injury to this point, highly, there was the whole thing with Tony Fields in the foot. But keep in mind, Tony Fields, you know, taken out of West Virginia last year, it was a fifth round selection. So there is certainly that to factor into it. Um, you know, how do they, you know, view other wide receivers in this class? Are they truly looking for size? So maybe Alave and Garrett Wilson aren't as appealing as some others. Maybe I'm, I'm not sure on that. Um, uh, maybe more speculating that the Browns are looking to maybe get a little bit, you know, bigger in the wide receiver room to what they've drafted to this point. Donovan Peoples-Jones, that fits that bill. Anthony Schwartz, not uh, necessarily, you know, as far as adding, you know, uh, size to the room, certainly added a ton, a ton of speed to the room. Um, the 
I know there was some talk about you know, Jarvis Landry as far as you know whether or not the Browns were looking to restructure with Jarvis Landry or they already had a decision made on Jarvis Landry. I don't believe that to be the case. Um, and as everybody knows, you know we've gone the rounds about Jarvis Landry over the years here on Locked On Browns, and Jarvis Landry is a pros pro. Uh, there's no question about it. Yeah, for you know, for me, it's always just been about you know price versus production, and I don't think you know Jarvis Landry was ever a player that was going to produce like the elite of the elite in the NFL. So that's where it, it does get you know difficult. You know, I mean, and under an analytic regime, under an analytic lens, you you know you want what you were paying for to produce equivalent to what you were paying, and to this point, Jarvis Landry hasn't done it. Um, that's fair to say, and but it's not a knock on of his overall game. The guy is a true leader. He shows up, does his work, does the extra work. Truly good teammate, truly good person from all that we've seen here in his time in Cleveland. So would I be interested in Jarvis Landry? Well, this is where it gets difficult because the number I'm comfortable with maybe on Jarvis Landry, it, it becomes kind of like, a slap in the face almost if you discuss maybe taking a pay cut of the ilk that you're comfortable with slated for $16.3 million in 2022. I don't want any part of $16.3 million, but this is where it gets difficult between front offices and agents and players. Obviously, if you told me Jarvis Landry, you know, we could have him for 8 million. That changes things for me, changes things for a ton. Yes. He's a leader. And there are certainly a lot, of other leaders on this team. So I hate when that gets misconstrued, like Jarvis Landry is the only leader on this team. But it's really difficult. I mean, how do you go to someone and say, man, we really like you. We love everything you've done in your time here. You know, we think the younger players look up to you. We think you're a good role model for them. Would you be interested in taking a 50% pay cut? Like that is a really difficult decision to have. And yes, it's still $8 million. So to me, you and everybody in the world, it's $8 million. But here's a man who's made $16 million the last three years. Now you say, hey, we really like you. We love you. We appreciate you. But we like you. All of that being said, we feel all those ways with the hopes that you will take a 50% decrease in pay. For me, it's a tough conversation. I don't even know how you go about it. And this is kind of similar to what happened last year with Sheldon Richardson. The Browns said all the right things. They would love to have Sheldon Richardson back. They would love to keep him around, you know, rework the deal. But it gets to a position where you're having a conversation where, you know, you want to keep player around, but you were talking about a vastly, vastly different ball, you know, ballpark as far as what you want to pay him. And it comes down to where you don't want to insult the guy. You don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. You certainly don't want to, you know, fracture a relationship with an agent that maybe you have to deal with with other players on your team or future players that you're looking to acquire. So it certainly makes for a difficult, difficult conversation to be had. If Jarvis Landry was up for it at $8 million, I'd say let's go. Keep Jarvis Landry here in a heartbeat when healthy. And when I mean healthy, I mean 100% because there are certainly plenty of times Jarvis Landry has played not even close to 100%. But towards the end of this season, you saw him healthy. You saw that, you know, he still had the game there. He's not a number one wide receiver. He's never been one. But you get him in a, you know, a room full of guys who are better athletes, who are bigger, and a lot of coverage is going to have to be 
focused on said players, allowing Jarvis Landry to work the middle like he does so well. Absolute musician, you know, between the hashes and the hashes and the outside. Um, for So that's a thought there on Jarvis Landry. Again, you know, I'd love for it to happen. I just don't see a world where a conversation like that goes well. There's pride. There's a lot of pride in the NFL. Certainly a lot of pride in a player like Jarvis Landry. So to have a conversation like that, is really, really difficult to have, even if maybe Jarvis Landry's best value, even on the open market, is the $8 million that I'm saying, which would be a 50% pay cut. So some wide receiver thoughts as far as you know, the guys with injuries certainly are tempting and maybe makes it feel like they are more attainable. I just don't think it's a route the Browns could afford to go to uh, with all that will be hinging on 2022 and having to make major decisions on Baker Mayfield. Um, hoping you're going to see a better and improved closer to 2020 version of coach Kevin Stefanski. And then of course, you know, players to acquire through free agency in the draft at the wide receiver position. And of course, you know, the, the status of where the Browns might be, where I would be with a player like Jarvis Landry. We're going to get to Pete Smith here in a minute, get some thoughts here on some of the Browns unrestricted free agents, one restricted free agent that uh, Pete and I have a feeling uh, is going to be a little bit bigger in fold here for the Browns in 2022 as far as where his roster, roster status is. And then we'll get a little bit to the discussion on Drake London, wide receiver out of USC, who appears to be one of the you know more polarizing players in the draft to this point. This is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right, and that's thanks to Bill Farr. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I really enjoy eating them. Have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't, you are missing out on one of the best Bill Bars tasting-wise they've made. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They are fluffy. They are marshmallowy. They are not just a protein bar. They are a treat. And they also are covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. So good. These are going to be some of your new favorites. All Bilt Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, the Puffs are included. 100% real chocolate. Low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Go to Built.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away. High protein, low calorie, high fiber, low carb. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They are all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, they'll make it. It will be delicious, and it will be good for you. At Bill Bar, they are all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they pull it off every time. Go to Bilt.com, use promo code LOCKED15, all caps, no space, and get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Bilt. And as I mentioned earlier, we're going to sit down here with Pete Smith just for you know a couple of questions, uh, off-season type questions we're going to get into. Pete, obviously part of the team, Browns Digest, SportsIllustrated.com. Pete, first things first, obviously now into the off-season, you know, Browns have 26 players eligible 
for free agency, obviously your exclusive rights free agents, Malik McDowell, we all know the situation there, Montreal Meander, Dexter Williams, Blake Hans, Michael Dunn, Jamarcus Bradley, most of that crew coming back, I would say, um, you know, Dexter Williams, possibly not, Meander, he's been here for a while, and Malik McDowell obviously has a whole lot else on his plate. Restricted free agents for your Browns quarterback, Nick Mullins, and I'm sure Pete's got a thought process on that one. Steven Carlson, Porter Augustin, D. Ernest Johnson, and Chase McLaughlin. Pete, um, for Mullins, I, you know, I, you know, I know you've stated the case in the past. Is it clearly, you know, that you think Nick Mullins, I, I don't want to say necessarily the best, but maybe the most logical question, uh, I'm sorry, answer to the question of who is the Browns backup quarterback in 2022? Yeah, I think – He's the best option. Um, I, I, frankly, I think he was better than Case Keenum was last year when they actually saw him on the field. And, you know, people will probably not have the most um, glowing review of his, his first half against the Raiders or whatever, but he had, like, a walkthrough to get ready for that game. Like, the, he didn't, you know, he didn't have, pre- like, any real practices because if, if you recall, um, before that uh, in the in the week leading up to that game, they practiced with Keenum as the backup, and then Keenum tested positive like right after after the practice. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I think he, given what we saw from Keenum, where he, you know, fell over himself fumbling against the backup Bengals defense through the red zone interception. Like I think Nick Mullins is better. Nick Mullins knows the offense. I think he he's logical. He's uh, he's probably I think he's going to be twenty seven next year, and he's got you know, a real experience as a quarterback with his time uh, with the 49ers. I think he's exactly what you want in a backup quarterback. And, you know, I know there's a lot of names being thrown around, but he also might be the best one if you're trying to, like, be effective quickly. Certainly, you know, makes sense. And the other thing is, you know, the Browns obviously paid a ton of money to Case Keenum. And well, I'll say ton of money as far as a backup quarterback. That money certainly now can be used in different ways. You know, each year, obviously, more holes pop up. Um, and always trying to fee- uh, create cap space for the time being and for the future. The unrestricted free agents, I'm going to list them. We're not going to talk about all of them. Some of them we obviously have already hit on, though. Uh, Jadavian Clowney, punter Dustin Colquitt, thanks for coming out. Uh, Shel- Sheldon Day, <coughs> Ronnie Harrison Jr., Richard Higgins, Chris Hubbard. Malik Jackson, Elijah Lee, Tack McKinley, David Njoku, Afidi Adenabo, Malcolm Smith, MJ Stewart, Ryan Switzer. For those who don't remember, yes, Ryan Switzer still, well, still technically was on the Browns roster. Anthony Walker Jr. at linebacker. First thing I want to ask here, Pete, is the linebacker position. I think, you know, you feel hopefully that this gravitates towards the Browns may have already may already have their starting linebacking unit in the house with Sione Taki Taki with Jacob Phillips, with Jeremiah Usu-Koromoa, Elijah Lee, a plus special teamer, Malcolm Smith, you know, just when his number's called, gives you what you need, certainly is an asset in the nickel and dime situations with coverage responsibilities. Anthony Walker wasn't paid a ton of money, but I, I don't know if it necessarily had the impact uh, that the Browns were essentially hoping for in bringing Anthony Walker Jr. here. But of the three, Pete, I mean, Malcolm Smith, I guess, because it would cost nothing. That'd be okay with me. Elijah Lee, we've talked a lot about the special teams and the issues they've had this year. So you wonder about a player like Elijah Lee and being able to keep him. 
And then, you know, with Anthony Walker, I, I don't, if things trend the way you want them to, what are you going to do with a veteran like Anthony Walker, not seeing much playing time? Anthony Walker is a, you know, a true old school run stopping Mike. It doesn't mean he's entirely useless against the pass. It just means he's sort of compromised against the pass. And on it, I think if I were to look, he actually graded out better against the pass uh, than he had with the Colts previous years. Um, I think he actually graded out better overall. Um, if, you know, Anthony Walker is there to, you know, deal with teams that just want to slam the ball down your throat over and over and over again. Um, the problem, obviously, for the Browns is the defensive tackle was ghastly, uh, made his job a lot harder. You know, I, I really like Jacob Phillips. I really like JOK, but, you know, you, you, you can ask the question and not be out of line to go, do they have enough ass to sort of, you know, do that over and over and over again? Um, do you need Anthony Walker to do that? That's a good question. You know, is that something they can find somewhere else and potentially cheaper? I don't know. The big thing with Anthony Walker was he's, he's a value in the locker room and, um, he has leadership qualities that they really like. Do they believe that JOK is sort of ready to take on that leadership role? Difficult to say. Um, you know, they, there, there are some options they have there. I like Elijah Lee. Um, I, I think he's a good special teams player. Um, I think he, he is a guy who stepped in when they needed him to uh, as as a linebacker and plays. I, I, he usually, to me, he may not be a great player, but to me, I think he's always, always ends up being somewhat of a, a pleasant surprise. Um, as far as Malcolm Smith goes, I think the Browns will let him play here as long as he wants to play. I mean, like – as you said, he doesn't cost much. He played for a million dollars this past year. He basically plays for veterans minimum. Um, and they get way more out of him than that. Um, and he's another guy that has value as sort of a veteran leader. But there's a real specific role for him where he seems to play pretty well. So um, it wouldn't surprise me if all three are back. It wouldn't surprise me if, you know, if, if, in the case of Smith, if he were to decide to retire, um, but you know that's the big threat there. But I think Elijah Lee's probably pretty safe to come back because he doesn't again doesn't cost much, and and even if they sign him, it doesn't guarantee him anything necessarily in terms of like a roster spot. Anthony Walker's the one where if you sign him, you know you're really committing to him. So I'm curious uh, to see how they 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 go from that standpoint. Yeah, it, it's certainly interesting for me because I think if you re-sign Anthony Walker. It's maybe a statement on Jacob Phillips. I'm not necessarily sure. He certainly has had his injuries uh, through two years. Um, you know, been more out than he's been in, so to speak. Um, you never know how you know that can rub people the wrong way. The other name on this list that I find pretty interesting, as far as the unrestricted free agents, Chris Hubbard. Chris Hubbard, his social media absolutely seems to love the situation he's at. Uh, always talks positively of the community. Loves being around here. You are with the understanding that Jack Conklin may not be ready to go to start the season. There is the possibility, you know, of maybe moving on from Jack Conklin. Um, I don't think you're maybe necessarily to just tell Hudson he's the starter and that's it. But Chris Hubbard and, you know, if you're going to, you know, it gives you an opportunity where you have maybe, you know, your best guard in-house and that could make uh, – you know, uh, certainly could make some sense if there is the possibility that Nick Harris, 
um, does succeed JC Treader if they possibly move on from JC Treader. If the deal was short, the deal was right. Does it make sense to keep Chris Hubbard? Sure. Um, yes, Chris Hubbard really likes Cleveland. Cleveland really likes Chris Hubbard. Um, that's why he's actually been here as long as he has been. That's been a big part. I mean, obviously, he at one point he was restructured and took a pay cut um, to stay here, and and obviously was incredibly valuable in 2020 before he dislocated cap this past year's the tricep. Um, you're in a situation where you have you have the questions with Jack Conklin. They're going to know more than than we are quickly um, in terms of like projecting him because I think if they get to a point where you know either it's not going to be right by a certain point or you know they're, they're basically using this as an opportunity to say we're going to go ahead and move on that's going to be something that they plan around more um you know, with probably a, a larger free agent signing, it doesn't mean it's big. Like a guy like, um, uh, Christ. Well, I like Morgan Moses is probably a guy that stands out from that standpoint, but there's a guy who used to play for the Chicago bears and a couple other teams that I thought made sense from that. Um, but the, the, the thing with Hubbard is like, yes, he can be kind of a spot starter. Uh, if you need him to be, he's a good veteran. Um, the real question to me comes down to where are they on James Hudson? Look, I, I don't think they want him to start next year, but I think he has earned himself up to being the next guy in. I think with another, with an off season and everything else, he's going to be the, that the, probably the featured swing guy. Um, Chris Hubbard could give you another layer and, and potentially still go in ahead of Hudson. But I think Hudson has done enough um, with his growth to sort of, feel good about that. So if there's a scenario where they feel good about Jack Conklin, they have Hudson, then it really becomes, do they want to replace the role of what Hudson was? Could that be Chris Hubbard? Maybe just for that sake of security, but it may just make more sense to go draft another kid like Chris Hubbard this past year to give you that third guy. Obviously the Browns don't want to be in a situation where they are stuck playing Blake Hans out there. Um, who's out of position and, and did all he could. But it, it was a really difficult situation for them. They lose Jedrick Wills to the ankle, or not lose him, but get him in that chronic ankle injury uh, for the year. The same game they lose Hubbard, and then Conklin goes down with the patella tendon. Like, that is, you know, you, you can't really plan for that. Um, so... I wouldn't expect the Browns to like overreact because that's a really unique situation. But at the same time, they do need to make sure that they have their bases covered. So uh, Chris Hubbard to me is the guy that makes the most sense because I think realistically, again, assuming Hubbard, Hubbard has no intent, uh, intention of retiring uh, that they could wait a little while with him. Um, they don't need him to be like signed you know, the first day of free agency, for example, they, they could be a little bit patient with him. And that's sort of, I think the value they have because of the relationship there. Um, I think if they are intent on going elsewhere, I think they would be, they, they would tell him so he can make the best decision for himself. 
But if it's this situation where they're going, yeah, I don't know about the situation. We want to sort of hang on. I, I think they, they have made it pretty clear. They will do right by Chris Hubbard one way or the other in terms of like where he wants to go in his career. It's certainly a name to it's to mention, and you know, it, there's certainly been ups and downs here. Time basically times where his position was taken from him with the signing of Jack Conklin. Um, but you know, in in 2020, did was ever ever was asked of him, played wherever was asked of him, succeeded. Um, probably would have paid a ton, a ton in 2021 if it wasn't for his own injury. So Chris Hubbard certainly named you know, and for me, you know, if you got guys who want to stay here, you got guys that have versatility. Um, you have guys that know the system well, play well when called upon them. So Chris Hubbard, for me, a guy, you know, I want to essentially maybe, you know, put pen to paper with. I'd like to see Chris Hubbard stay here. Of course, Jack Conklin and his health, you know, probably going to have something to do with that. And we'll see, you know, how it goes with, you know, Conklin and the rehab process through the offseason here. One name, Pete, it seems to be getting really polarizing here as far as the NFL draft. Drake London from USC, the wide receiver. Um, our buddy Brent Sobolewski absolutely loves him. Top 10 would take him for the Browns at 13 in a heartbeat. Then you see a big board, a top 100 big board from Dane Brugler, and you see him in the 50s. Uh, Drake London is becoming polarizing. Uh, I, I'm not sure if he's going to be able to test at the combine. And let me tell you something. If they're going to do the bench press and the field work at the same time, that's the most asinine thing I've ever heard of in my entire life at the NFL Combine. Change that immediately because that's just a stupid, stupid thing to do. But Pete, a guy like Drake London, and again, I'm not sure if he's going to be able to test with the ankle, but he is like all over the map. Uh, I'm I'm betting he won't test. Um, I, if for no other reason, he's coming off a broken ankle. I, you know, I I don't know where what his status is with that, but. I, I, you know, I assume he will be healthy for any football activities for the team that drafts him and, and is probably healthy before that. But is that enough time to really, you know, work up to getting, you know, putting up a good 40 or whatever else? I have real questions about that and I'm not too worried about it. Um, you know, we, the more technology they have, the ability to sort of, test speed and things with pads on during the game and all these things are, are more than enough as, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, that's data. Obviously I wish I had access to, but uh, I get it. I don't um, to me. I, and I've seen the same thing. Drake London is sort of all over the place. I've seen him uh, top 10. I've seen him second round. I think he's fantastic. Um, the more I watch, the more I like with him. Um, I, I, he played, he was, he was the, basically the best receiver in the country this year uh, in eight games. Um, He was absolutely dominant. I think he had like 130 yards a game this year. And then even last year, you go back, he was the leading receiver for the Trojans uh, last year in the, the pandemic shortened year. And he was the guy over Amon Ross St. Brown, who has gone on to have a really nice rookie season with the Detroit lions. Um, you know, I, I what 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 do you, what are you getting with him? Is, is he Marquise Colston? If he is, is that worth the top thirteen pick? To me, it is. Um, he's six five, presumably. I, I don't expect he's going to experience much shrinkage. Um, over two hundred pounds, and he's twenty. Um, I'm not sure he's done filling out his body like you know you you sort of feel, see these guys do. Uh, he's he. He will be entering the uh, NFL six months younger than T Higgins did. 
Um, he is a guy who just crushes man coverage, just absolutely eats people up. Um, he knows how to use his body. He is really quick. Um, his first step is unbelievable. And and the way I've sort of, I, I did a, my scouting report on him. I look at him like a wing player in the NBA. You don't really care that he's going to, you know, win a race down the court, but his first step, his ability to get his own open, his own shot, his will, willingness to sort of go up and get a rebound. Like those are the type of things. And, and I know that sounds weird, but like you can relate those things to the football field in terms of what he's doing. He gets open. He makes guys miss. He uh, takes on contact. Like he's physically strong. So a guy who's quick enough to keep defenders off balance um, and then strong enough to simply just overpower them. He is, I, I think some people understandably, cause this is the concern I had going in with him is like, well, he's not that big of a vertical threat. And he, He's more of a vertical threat than you think he is, even if you think he's not going to be a burner down the field. In that regard, he's a lot like T. Higgins. He's going to go up and win jump balls, uh, or he's going to you know, stop and, and come back. That's fine. Here's the thing, though. He just gets you first downs over and over and over again, and the team knows it's coming, and they can't stop him. Whether he's on the boundary, you can put him in the slot. He knows how to find space in the field. And then he's just, you know, like I said, he doesn't just catch and fall down. He is a catch, and he's setting up his feet to make the next move. He's setting up his feet to beat a defender and make the miss, and he's really good at all of those elements of the game. And we we, we continue to harp on this with the Browns. They love age, and that doesn't mean they're going to draft him because he's 20 and won't turn 21 until July, but it's a hell of a feature um, for, for that position and, and what you're asking him to do. Um, I – don't think he's going to make it to the Browns. I think somebody else will grab him. But if he's there, I certainly would welcome him on the team. And as much as I have been harping on this myself with explosion and speed and, and vertical plays, you know, in, in ways that people will go, well, you, you, hate it on Jar- you hate on Jarvis Landry for all these things. And I grant that is all true. But the difference here is that Drake London absolutely kills man coverage. He gets open against man um, and he's dangerous enough where if he makes a guy, if he breaks a tackle, you have, you may have to commit extra help over there because if you don't, and he breaks that one tackle, he's going to be running for a long time. So it, there's a balance there, but ultimately as much as I'd like to have vertical explosion, I think you can get it elsewhere. Um, I, I, again, I go into this draft process. Uh, maybe there's free agency that they, they do, um, and bring somebody else in. But I'm looking at this and going, I want two receivers in the first uh, three to four rounds. And if I get Drake London with that 13th pick, I can come back and get another guy who's a burner. Um, if you're lucky and you get like a Sky Moore, you know, you get like a, the kid from Kentucky, you get uh, a guy like Khalil Shakur. There are a lot of guys that can sort of formulate around this guy that can form your offense. But yeah, I think Drake London is, is really, really impressive. Uh, and I don't know if this is going to have something to do with the athletic testing. We're not going to get it. Um, but you know, you look at a bad team, you look at the fact when you watch Drake London, it's basically everybody in the building knows the ball's going his way and week in week out, you know, the production was astronomical, you know, you know, astronomical, a huge, huge numbers, um, and look, maybe he won't be the total package as far as being the elite of the elite athletes, 
um, production, age all speak for itself. And of course, to you know, Pete's you know comment on age, um, the Browns under Andrew Barry in the first three rounds only took one player who had been through four years of college, and that was Jordan Elliott. And keep in mind, Jordan Elliott did leave early because it was a transfer year where he had to sit out when he went to Missouri. So obviously age of the paramount of importance as well within the Browns front office. We've covered a lot here today uh, as far as some players on the roster, not necessarily free agents. Um, as far as you know, the draft uh, wide receiver class and the ones that are injured, and, you know, where that may influence that. We got to Pete here. A ton, obviously, talking about you know the free agents on this roster, and of course Drake London, who is becoming quite the polarizing figure within the wide receiver uh, draft class of 2022. He is Pete Smith, Brown Sidges on Sports Illustrated. Make sure you're checking everything out over there. Check out the latest uh, pod with Nicole for Pete's sake. Uh, their Super Bowl review, and obviously a little bit talk about you know maybe why the turf is causing so many injuries and the stadium spent to the I'm sorry. Build to the cost of over $5 billion. Certainly uh, make you have some questions in that regard. Make sure you're following at underscore Pete Smith underscore the show itself at Lockdown Browns. Follow back account. DMs are open. Me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs are open. Questions, ideas, offseason. We can get to a ton more as we are not constricted to the you know regular season schedule. So be sure to do that. And this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.